Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Oh, no, yeah, your screams are terrifying. You're that like a capuchin monkey. It's because <laughs> your voice is so high pitched. La- high pitched lady screams are the worst. It wasn't even that like high pitched. Like I could have gone like full like soprano on oh, that. I'm sure. I not that I am. Fucking imagine. So you remember how I used to work for the haunted house? Yes. They were always trying to get us to scream into microphones so they could use it as sound effects. Oh, they never that would have used been any of mine because I sound like a very agitated man. <laughs> really? Yeah, like I can't scream. I kind of want to hear it now, but I'm also uh, worried for our microphones. It's terrible. Yeah, it's that's not, it. It's I mean, like, but louder. <laughs> yeah, like I just oh. it's not even part of my natural instinct to scream. Like the loudest yeah. I get is like, ah, like, yeah, like you surprised yeah. me. Ah, you know, yeah, but I'm not, I just. You know, I mean, some I've, people can really let go and scream. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that, man. I can't. I, um, I don't really scream that way naturally. Like I'm, I usually have more of a you reaction where I'm just like ah. Yeah. But, um, but you know, if I let loose and really commit to it, I can, I can do something blood curdling. To but like get you, somebody's attention, like you know, like uh, you know, help me! I'm in an alley and somebody's attacking me. That kind of scream. See, my biggest fear in regards to that is that I sometimes when I'm actually scared, I kind of choke up and like you can't and I can't really make any sound. So hmm. like my my screaming abilities are pretty much useless. As far as I know, I don't know. I've never really been in that kind of situation. Luckily, right. so my first thing is like ah, and then after that I get violent. Mm. Like I'm gonna make you and my big size your problem. Like that's yeah. That's I, uh, Dan I walked s- up on me in the kitchen the other day, and he, I had the kitchen door like the refrigerator door open because I was rummaging, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> was right there when I fucking closed the door, and I went ah, and then I tried to grab his throat. <laughs> Holy shit. And so, you know, our kitchen, our kitchen's on the second level of our house. So he backed yes. up quite quickly to the oh. stairs. Oh my and he God. fell down the stairs. Oh my God. You oh. almost did a murder. Okay, but here's the thing don't fucking sneak up on me. Like, okay. Or at least have a planned exit. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. my cousins, when they sneak up on me, they know that I'm going to try and kill them. Like, just in, like, I can't even stop myself from reaching out. Like, I'm, ah. <laughs> Yeah. So they plan to go in a different direction. Like, that's part of their plan. Yeah. Mine it's is a survival just, instinct. Mine is much more just, you know, flip a coin. <laughs> and also, if I do lash out, I'm very small and usually ineffective. Tiny and bird-like. Yes. Whereas I will absolutely force choke you down a stair. <laughs> that's, well, on that note, hey, yeah. guys. Oh, welcome uh, to this podcast. <laughs> this podcast is incredibly violent. Uh, I'm Kate, and I'll be murdering people tonight. And I'm Jen, and I'll be running away in terror. Uh, (laughs) I think that's also the other thing. Like, running away in terror is not an option for me. Like, I'm not running anywhere. I would maybe lay down and roll away in terror. I'm much faster laterally than I am vertically. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. That's that's actually one of my biggest fears when I I have, like, recurring nightmares. Um, 
is like suddenly you I can't run fast like it's like running through like peanut butter or something and that's, that's oh yeah that's my nightmare I, too I'm living that nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no like I've never been speedy like I'm not quick I'm not gazelle like in any Unless way you're shape drunk. or form yes and even but then it's not so much that I'm speedy it's that I'm sneaky <laughs> Mm. <laughs> the tequila brings out the sneaky in me and I will get away from Dan. Ha ha ha. Terrible. Mm. Well, well yeah. uh, so, uh, so today, podcast, <laughs> podcast. Uh, we're, we're no longer together. Um, sadly, I'm back at school. Um, that but made it sound like you broke up with me. <laughs> we're no longer together. Sorry uh, to tell you, this is our last episode. Cats, but um, yeah. <laughs> no, don't joke about just that. Just kidding. Just kidding, guys. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. so. It's okay. We'll be buried together. It's fine. Yeah. I. Both of us are going to throw ourselves we'll into the Atlantic Ocean. Both haunt the same place. The Titanic? You know what? Why have we never discussed this? Yeah. What is our murder-suicide plan? Well, okay, we'll deal with that later. We need to. We're already yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so, what are we talking about today? I don't. I don't remember what we're doing for right well, now. Well, you know what? It is like negative five degrees here. So let's go somewhere warm, shall we? Yes. Yes. I it just came from ice here all day. I actually, oh, God, did not leave my house today, even though oh. I was supposed to do so many things because every like you couldn't, you know, the hill by my house. Yeah, you would not get up. Didn't it. even get, like, it wasn't even like I got halfway up the hill. My car mm-hmm. hit the bottom of the hill and the wheels were like, nope, this is as far mm-hmm. as we're going, fatty. You going to walk this hill? Yeah. I was like, you're right, car. Let's go home. Nope. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know what? Let's just stay home or better yet, go on vacation to oh Las God. Vegas. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Now, we have a couple friends. Do oh, we? No. Well, I don't have our... any friends. Um, so one of our listeners, Samantha S, who goes by mm-hmm. Sammy D, is doing that pinup competition for Miss Viva Las Vegas, uh, and it's yeah. coming up this April. That's right. Everyone, go vote for her. Show her some love. Uh, what did? What was it? Okay, Wait. so you can vote for her at <laughs> www.vivalasvegas.net. Dot net. That's not dot com. Right. Dot net forward slash pin dash up dash contest forward slash and you remember guys wow you're voting for sammy d get her to the top of the list because she's awesome what good is this podcast if it is not to promote right. ourselves to <laughs> and promote our friends <laughs> and to promote our army of darkness oh yay yay <laughs> um all right so vegas though yes oh my god i want to go on vacation i need a vacation guys there's so much going on in Vegas. I this is probably gonna have to be a two parter. This at like, least, if not a four parter, Vegas is haunted AF. AF and like it. I mean, yeah, for obvious, you'll you'll understand. But like, there's a whole thing that I was like, yeah, I'm just not gonna talk about Frank Sinatra right now because I don't have time. So that will uh, that well, will I come. Mean, there's the haunted entertainers of Vegas. There's the uh, like haunted casinos. There's all sorts of like Mormon fundamentalist stuff in the area. Which, oh my gosh! You I know I love them. talking about a Mormon. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the Mormons for a second. It's, it's How Return could I? of the Jedi. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I listened to that I'm whole sorry. soundtrack again recently. It's uh, very good. It's coming back to Grand Rapids in March. I can't go. I, me and Cambry are going to go together. It's going to be the best. That's the Book of Mormon for if you right. are <laughs> immediately you're familiar with that reference. <laughs> yes. In case we haven't bullied you into listening to all of it multiple times. Mm, Joseph so was struck by an angry mob and knew that he'd be done. We're not even talking about Mormons this episode. <laughs> I know. I know. But always I want to. Um, you must lead the people now. My good friend, Brigham Bring Young. Young. <laughs> Oh, oh God. Us. Guys, this is, please keep listening. We're sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. You know what, though? We need this levity because my subject is super fucking sad. Yet again, what is this? Sometimes we just like pick an episode topic and you bring the fucking downer. <laughs> and then I have like this really fun, flirty topic. And, Jeff, and it's then, called being emotionally available. Oh, I don't know what that's about. Exactly. Um, <laughs> But I just saw someone reference our cannibalism episode on the group, and I was like, oh my god, I love that episode. And then you're like, that one. That one stuck with me. Still haunts me. I seriously, like, I see those photos in my sleep, in my dreams sometimes. But anyway, so this is gonna, yeah, so (laughs) basically, I like to keep it fun and light, and uh, you really... uh, I'm here Go to hard hurt. with the downers. I'm, I'm here to hurt myself and hurt others. <laughs> um, should I should I jump in? Like, why don't you note? start with yours so that we, yeah, yeah we, we can wanna, end on a high note. Yeah, I want to feel good at the end of this. Oh, all right. Well, here what do you comes got? Debbie Downer. Womp, womp. Come here, emotionally hurt me. <clears throat> it'll bounce, it'll roll right off of my back because I uh, am dead inside. Right. That'll help you. That's why we're still friends. I haven't chased you away with all my morbid stories. <laughs> so It just hurts too much. So I just close it all off. I, and you I, moved away so you can't be as exposed as to it. As the Mormons do, turn it off. <laughs> like a light bulb. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> I can't be laughing as I talk about this because it's really sad. So... I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to guess even what your topic is because you told me and I forgot. So let's let's That's just the kind hear of week it. We're having. I was gonna make a joke about it and then I was like, no, I'm not gonna guess. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, you're better off. So I'm actually talking about the haunting of the Bally Hotel and Casino. Ah. <gasps> Ooh. I know. Uh, I love for- a good haunted hotel. I just sent you several links to different ones oh, and I i'm very facebook, excited but okay i'll check oh about that did you know that i'm trying to quit facebook a little bit did i tell you that oh. so guys if you're like is that why you're texting me more yes <laughs> guys if, if you're trying to get a hold of me on facebook and i don't respond as quick as i used to uh that's because i'm trying to not be angry all the time <laughs> And so mm. I'm taking a little Facebook step back. Yep. Uh, and I'm more often to be found on Tumblr, if on social media at all. Uh, do you know how many hours there are in a day when you're not just rage typing on your phone? Mm, I No, I wouldn't know that. I have a wealth of time. I've read books. <laughs> What's that like? I know. I haven't read a book in years because I've just, oh. like, literally since 2016, because I've just been on this outrage treadmill. So anyway, mm-hmm, speaking mm-hmm, of outrage, mm-hmm. this story is going to get you mad. Oh, no. The Bally Hotel is up and operating today, and it is haunted, but it wasn't the Bally Hotel when this tragedy occurred. When when the hauntings started? <laughs> when what prompted the hauntings started. Right. Okay. So the, what is the Bally Hotel now, complete with its many towers, was originally the site of the first 
MGM Grand Hotel Ooh. and Casino. Okay, when are we talking? Well, it was built in 1973, and it was one of the very first ultra-luxury hotels added to Las Vegas. 1973, okay. Yeah, very Viva Las Vegas, very swinging Vegas, kind of like that Velvet Elvis era. I am completely unfamiliar with what you're speaking about, and I'm sure will not play in any part into my story at all. Fantastic. Continue. There was a massive fire there November 21st of 1980. <gasps> it resulted oh. in 87 deaths, 650 people being injured. Oof. Yeah, and it was a terrible way to start everybody's day because it started 7.07 a.m. Oh, no, that's the worst part. Yeah, it was the worst fire in Nevada history. It is oh, the no. third worst modern hotel. Mm-hmm. But the tower... Wait, the third worst modern hotel. Sorry. Third worst modern hotel tragedy. Forgive me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I should probably finish my thoughts, huh? You know, just trying to add some levity to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, stop, because now it gets sad. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> like I said, the, the tower structure is the same for the Bally as it was during the MGM time. The fire itself was not all-encompassing. It's Mm. a 26-story building, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't burn to the ground, obviously. Mm -hmm. So many of the guests on the upper floors were killed, and that's where people are experiencing the paranormal. So let's talk a little bit about this fire. Mm -hmm. The fire started in an upscale restaurant that was originally supposed to be 24 hours. It was called The Deli. I don't know any delis that are considered upscale, but okay. Yeah. It was the 70s. They were going for irony, maybe. Maybe. Which sounds like a very hipster thing to do. So they're ahead of them. They were ahead of their times. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, pickles can be super expensive. When you say deli, I think pickles. So, you know, Mm, maybe it was upscale. Pickles. I know. Clausen pickles. Because I'm spoiled. So the trouble with this is that in this hotel, built in 1973, at a time when sprinkler systems and smoke detectors and fire extinguishers did exist, Mm -hmm. none of those safety implements were put into this hotel. Okay. Yeah. um, Oh, the 70s. (laughs) Indeed. The thought was that because it was a 24-hour establishment, the deli, is they that would somebody just keep would an eye on be things? there to put out a fire. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, This literally. is the most Titanic thing I've ever heard on land. Uh, right, okay. I was like, other than the fucking Titanic, you mean? Well, this, this building can't burn. Right. <laughs> we don't need lifeboats. Too big to fail. <laughs> Too big. So it actually started as an electrical fire. There were crossed wires that... Uh, became exposed through shoddy workmanship and they touched the copper components of a walk-in pastry case so it was like you know like a beer cooler like that you can walk into like a beer cave yeah yeah yeah. that but Mm -hmm. filled with pastries (gasps) tragic well i know so those pastries what happened to all the pastries jen did they make it out did anybody tell them that we loved them you know i don't think they did make it (laughs) this is the saddest response (laughs) Oh my god. That's terrible. So the 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 fire did start at the pastry case and it was actually just glowing red hot these components and arcing and throwing sparks as it crossed through what's called the soffit and it smoldered for hours. Kitchen staff came in and eventually noticed the smoke and when they went to investigate, they threw open those pastry case doors, looked through the ventilation systems, they mm-hmm. added oxygen to the fire. Oh. 
So if they hadn't, if they had only been lazier, it right. would be fine. Not quite. It still probably would have been bad, but it maybe wouldn't have been as bad. Mm, so this is a this is a real Titanic should have hit the iceberg head on situation. <laughs> yes. Just embrace it. Just embrace the Jen, tragedy. You gotta start making jokes because there's about to be a fire. Sorry, so many people like, are about to die, Jen. All right. <laughs> In my defense, you already said that a lot of people died, so I'm, like, emotionally prepared for this. Yeah, you're right. I should have caught you with your pants down. Gross. When they went to investigate, oxygen was added to the fire, and it exploded. And mind you, this is 707. The 707, the fire starts. Oh, a.m. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, a.m. And let's see, it's 711. The fire turned into a wall of fire that eventually, by 7.15, turned into a large fireball that shot out from the restaurant and exploded through the lobby and out onto the strip. Holy shit! Yeah. It destroyed cars, it broke all sorts of glass, and it was fueled by a lot of the items that were popular in the 1970s that were just ridiculous. Ridiculously, ridiculously, ridiculously flammable. Mm, like, for example, ceiling tiles that were put on with an adhesive to that was highly flammable. Oh, um, all oh of no. the synthetic nylon materials that would polyester. Have made up, yep, polyester, super fucking flammable. And and then all of the glues and exfoliants to make things not exfoliants, uh, epoxies needed mm-hmm. to make things incredibly shiny and lacquered. Yeah, the '70s were like a really buck wild time for chemical compounds. Yep. And they all flamed incredibly. Yep. And so all of that contributed to this fire getting quickly out of control. It really makes me a little more worried for the Ford Museum than I was previously. You know, I hadn't considered that. But at least at the Ford Museum, they for sure have put up fire suppression systems, yep. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk more about those at the end because I like to add on, well, you know, I'm not getting Facebook for my... Mm-hmm. daily outrage so we're gonna get it here now at 707 i'm sorry 707 the fire starts mm-hmm. by 715 the fireball goes and at that moment clark county fire department gets on the scene mm-hmm. and clark county fire department starts the evacuation there are five thousand people in, in the hotel? hotel holy shit yeah yeah that's like two and a half titanics <laughs> yeah yes so we've got 5,000 people. Why is everything related? Sorry. I'm it's okay. Yeah. Because of us. Because of yep. who we are as people. Yeah. But you have to stop now, so stop. Okay. okay <laughs> so okay. this evacuation begins. There are 5,000 people, and it's before 7.30 in the morning. Jeff, what are you doing every morning, 7.30 in the morning? I am laying in bed scrolling through Facebook. Let me amend my question. What are you doing at 7.30 in the morning if you are in Las Vegas on vacation and likely were partying until the wee hours? Sleeping off a hangover. Indeed. A lot of people were not up. (laughs) And they also do not have an automatic fire alarm system to wake those people up. Because the 70s. Because the 70s. Isn't there, there's like a whole docuseries on the 70s somewhere, right? There's certainly one about the 90s. I remember there was, I remember this came up on my favorite murder once because they were theorizing about like why there were so many serial killers in the Hmm. 70s. And there's like, there's a theory out there that it was like partially because of all the lead in the gas that it was making everyone crazy. (laughs) So there's just like a lot of chemicals like floating around at that time. And just like, guys, if you know, not a lot of rules. Documentary that is, let us know. Well, on top of that, this is Vegas. Who runs Vegas? moneyed casino interests. Mm. So the runner of the MGM Grand, 
could easily say, eh, we don't need sprinkler systems. Here's $50,000 for you to shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen anymore, so we don't have to worry about that, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's get back to this fucking fire. Believe it or not, the fire itself was actually contained to just about the first three or four floors. The fire was not the problem. Of the 87 people who died, three died of burns. Is it is it smoke inhalation? It is smoke inhalation. Now, at this point in time, mm-hmm. smoke inhalation was not known to be the threat that it is now. Back then, people thought that everyone smoked. Right. That I mean, <laughs> we're we're recently coming off of a history where doctors were telling you to light up cigarettes, so people didn't take it as seriously as they take it today. But this fire was one of the things that actually changed the public perception about what is, you know, a safe level of carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide. Which one's dangerous? Mm. Carbon monoxide. Monoxide. Carbon dioxide is what we breathe out. Right. Uh, It's the smoke and carbon dioxide uh, were the problem. Uh, Both. What did I say? Did I say the other one? Dioxide. Fuck. Monoxide. I mean, Um, I don't. I'm not a scientist. I don't know if like. No, I know you're right. I'm just. I wrote the other thing because I'm ridiculous. Uh, So anyways, uh, all of those, uh, the smoke and the carbon monoxide, made their way not only through the elevator shafts, but also the stairwells and the AC units that were installed cheaply rather than correctly. Mm. So at that point in time, remember it's the early morning, people are on vacation. Somebody eventually realized that this was an emergency and started waking people up where they made their way into the stairwells. Some people mm-hmm. made their way into the elevator. Five people were eventually found dead in the elevator. Which is why you're not supposed to do that in a f- in the case of a fire. Right. Absolutely. So the trouble with these stairwells is that mm. they don't open unless they you once you get into the stairwell as a quote-unquote safety feature, you mm-hmm. cannot open to go back onto the floor. What? Right. So why? Say you exit on the thirteenth floor, you cannot mm-hmm. re-enter the thirteenth floor. The doors lock behind you. Mm-hmm. So now they're in one of the places where smoke and carbon monoxide are streaming in at a deadly rate, with mm-hmm. no choice to go either to the first floor or to the twenty-sixth floor, which gave you roof access. Go to the roof. Great idea. The first floor is on fire, and once you got down there, you were going to figure that out real quick. Yep. Uh, Going to the roof, also great idea. My fat ass wouldn't have made it up 26 flights of stairs. So it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's quickly filling with toxic, toxic chemicals. The Mm -hmm. rates of carbon monoxide that people were exposed to death would have been certain in less than 30 minutes. Jesus. Yeah. Um, But if they made it onto the roof, now they're faced with the thought and possibility that they are going to be standing on top of a burning building as it crumbles beneath I them. I mean, yeah, that's not a great feeling. There's like nothing good in this. No, this. I mean, this is quickly turning into a bummer. You are correct. <laughs> Sorry. So the first floor was flames. The 26th was a flaming hotel that could crumble at any moment. Mm-hmm. Again, 87 people died. 75 of those were of smoke inhalation, carbon monoxide inhalation. Jeez. Uh, the CO... One levels carbon monoxide. I okay. I have to. I'm like starting to doubt myself. No, like, but you're right. It's right. You're right. Is high amounts of <laughs> CO2 deadly? You can keep this in if you want. I'm just trying to figure out if it's Kate and Jen do science. Yeah. Watch two humanity students struggle because through the I basics f- of science. 
<laughs> or listen, um, I guess you can't watch. Yes, too much carbon dioxide is toxic. Um, now Google which is worse, carbon dioxide what? or carbon <laughs> No, I know carbon monoxide is really bad, but like, oh, okay. what gas is released? <laughs> Oh my god. This has been Googling with Jen. We are not leaving this in. This makes us look ridiculous. During a fire. Dioxide. I apologize to my friends and family. I don't wanna I do not want you to have to re record that whole thing. So leave this this in. Well, I guess that will be both I mean, like I was on that boat too, but okay, so that was both of us. I was just like, Well, that can't be true. That's the one we breathe out. But yeah, and then but then the longer you said it, I was like, I feel like that's a different thing and yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Could one of our fans who's smarter than us fill us in about that? I We're happy like to tell you about the like, bubonic plague and trade, like I mean, I'm not gonna I'm I'm I was about to speculate about the science of fire and I'm not gonna do that. Just suffice to say that it's carbon dioxide that is released and high amounts of it is toxic and that's what's in smoke and because it's yep mm -hmm, it's a lot cool so well let me tell you some facts about that the levels of that were tested and they were making up 25 to 66 percent of the atmosphere which again is for sure death in about 30 minutes Mm -hmm. four people only died of smoke inhalation. Three people died of smoke and burns. 18 of them were on the casino level. Mm -hmm. Seven were employees. 14 were firefighters. Obviously, this is more than 87, so there's a mixture of how these break down. And Mm -hmm. then, very tragically, one woman who could not find a safe way out of her room, uh, the smoke was getting to be too much, broke out through her window, and she leapt but it was from mm-hmm. the 17th floor. Yeah. And so she died of massive head trauma uh, when mm-hmm. she hit the ground. Jeez. So there were 29 victims who were actually found in their rooms. Uh, they had the soot, black soot found in their noses and mouths. Most of them died while they were asleep, which oh. I can't I mean... decide if that's better or worse. Like, I suppose it's more comfortable. You're not terrorized in your last few moments. Yeah. But you also never had a chance to get out. But like if you're gonna if you're gonna perish out of all of the options that you listed, I would choose that one. Yeah, I there's some what's that old joke? I wanna when I when I grow old and die, I wanna die like my grandfather asleep, not (laughs) screaming and terrorized like the people in his car. (laughs) That's terrible. It's a terrible joke. Ah, but it's so good. So again, 29 victims were found in their room. Many were still asleep. 21 victims were found in hallways and elevator lobbies. Mm -hmm. Five in the actual elevators, nine trapped in those stairwells. About a thousand people did succeed in making it to the roof. Everybody else was either in the secondary tower or could be evacuated safely or was able to get enough ventilation into their room to Mm. breathe safely. Again, mm-hmm. the fire wasn't the problem. It was the smoke and the carbon. Right. And the carbon dioxide. We looked feel, it up. We are now experts on fire. So We're you can get trust a me. About it. An expert. Okay. <laughs> What's interesting um, is the banding together that we saw here. Again, a thousand people are trapped in a hotel roof and they need to get off right quick. And, or they uh, could just stay and have a roof party. I mean, you're there. Just let it happen. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, baby. Right? Yeah. Oh, no. They needed to be airlifted off by helicopter. Fortunately, Las Vegas has rather a lot of helicopters. Good, because that's a lot of people. There's like five 
people that can fit in a helicopter. Unless max. you have a military grade helicopter. Mm-hmm. Which I get a feeling there's not a lot of. In, um, guess what? In, in Vegas, which is in the desert, uh, is do they, they have a lot do of a there? Lot of, Good for uh, them. Yeah, isn't that convenient? Among the many topics in which I am an expert, the military is also one of them. So <laughs> thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> the Metro Police of Las Vegas put out a call at 730 in the morning asking for all hands. Uh, any helicopter pilot available was asked mm-hmm. to use their vehicle. So the helicopter call was responded to by the North Las Vegas Police, I'm sorry, the North Las Vegas Fire Department, Clark County Fire Las Vegas Fire and Rescue, Henderson Fire Department, and the Nellis Air Force Base. Hmm. Uh, they were able to successfully remove 1,000 people safely from the roof and and land them in a secure location. Wow. Pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. And I will say, I fucking love a fireman. Like, I mean, that just sounds like the helicopter equivalent of the end of Dunkirk. I still haven't you, seen Dunkirk. You haven't seen that movie? I'm okay. Not, I just can't. Everything hurts. I can't. It's just... A lot of Be people on boats. Anymore. A lot of a lot of small boats come and rescue people. Oh, it's, okay, it's that's quite nice. nice. Yeah. Well, it's I mean fucking stressful the rest of the two hours, but the the last part is really nice. My boy Killian Murphy's in it, and I do love him, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just can't be sad anymore. I can't be sad. I can't be angry. I'm like actively searching joy, except for this one story. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. So again, they saved one thousand people firefighters shout out to firefighters and first responders mm. in general mm-hmm. yeah god damn thank, thank you. you especially firefighters a lot of municipalities cities and townships underfund their fire department because mm-hmm. fire departments are not money-making ventures weird the police more than pay for themselves giving tickets and things like that but mm-hmm. Different townships and and things look at firefighting as a drain on tax. Uh, Except for when they prevent, you know, the whole city from burning down. Well, there's that. Uh, But a lot of people have to take their firefighting care of themselves. For example, I'm sitting in my barn. There are two Mm -hmm. fire extinguishers in my barn. Mm -hmm. So... You know, we are slightly more prepared. Individual businesses are slightly more prepared. However, mm-hmm. as I said this morning, it was raining ice all over West Michigan. Mm-hmm. It, there was at least an inch of ice on most of the major roads when Dan went to work. And I got a text from my buddy Jared, who was a firefighter, for, uh, first mm-hmm. responder. And he was like, hey, you and Dan should not go to work because we are pulling people. They pulled 36 cars uh, out of pinned rollover accidents today. Oh, no. I I cannot overstate how fucking bad it was. West Michigan was a nightmare today. Wow. Yeah. So shout out to firefighters and first responders. And uh, we're very grateful that you do the work that you do. There you go. So here's one of the things that it's going to make you angry. I've alluded oh, just to now? It. Yeah. Just now? <laughs> you know. Okay. Oh, before I was sad, now I'm going to be angry. So mm. all of this was preventable. thousand mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one bazillion percent preventable. The, it, it actually caused changes in the Nevada fire code. It was such a tragedy. People watched it around the country. It was talked about. It was studied. The coroner's report made national news. People wanted to know exactly what killed these people. Mm -hmm. So, hat sprinklers. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. What? They're a good idea? Yep. They're maybe 
worth it. Okay. <laughs> uh, had sprinklers been used, mm-hmm. two of them yep. would have put the fire out before it exploded into a ball of fire that affected the strip. Weird, huh? That's yeah. that's fun. That's weird. There were 83 fire yeah. code violations. Holy shit. Throughout the entire building. Mm. Jeff. Yep. <laughs> do yep. you remember? I, I think I said at the top uh, how mm-hmm. much it cost to build this this new super luxury hotel. Do you remember what it was? Oh, I know. No, no I don't. It was $106 million. Oh, Ask God. me how much it would have cost to put in sprinkler systems throughout the whole how, building. How much? How much? Less than $200,000. <laughs> But we were so busy putting rayon carpeting throughout, we couldn't be arsed to put up fucking sprinkler systems for less than what their CEO makes in a month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 83 fire code violations. Ask me how many people received criminal charges for these 87 (laughs) lives lost. Zero, right? Zero is the correct number. Yeah. Yeah, I know enough about history to know that. Everything is terrible. Mm-hmm. So the sprinklers were omitted. The uh, clerk at the code board uh, mm-hmm. uh, decided that they could interpret the code in such a way that they could save MGM $200,000. Less. Less well, yeah, than $200,000. I mean, think about how much the Titanic would have saved if they hadn't put any lifeboats on there. Oh, Jen. You just I turned, mean, yep. It's only I logical. Mean, you're, you're, I'm, when you're right, you're right. I'm right. <laughs> so what's worse than that, mm-hmm. the worker who found the original fire yes. couldn't locate a fire extinguisher. Hmm. Subsequent workers, and including one of whom was an off-duty fire man, uh, could fire not person. find. Yep, that's fire person. I was fire yeah. professional, but it was the it was 1980s, so they were all still men. Yeah, um, <laughs> could not find any existing f- fire extinguishers. On top of that, there was an alarm system that would have woken everybody up and gotten them out of their beds. But nobody was trained to pull it. (laughs) It existed. It was there. Oh, dear. And had they pulled it at 7.07 or 7.11 or 7.30 when the fire was just first getting out of control, they could have saved maybe not all 87 lives, but Mm. probably at least 80 of them. Jesus. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, had 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 they put in sprinkler systems, two of them would have put that fire out, and this wouldn't have made the news. Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So they have actually looked. Uh, people look for payoffs. They look for somebody to blame. They look to prosecute. Nobody found uh-huh. anything, or if they did, they didn't report it. I, I guess. You know, the lesson to take away from this is that all of our safety codes are written in blood. Yeah. Like, we have safety codes for a fucking... Because somebody already died. Because someone died to give you this fire alarm. Right, exactly. Yeah. The the fire alarm or or somebody, you know, the not being able to lock people into a a building 
Um, Triangle shirt waist pantry. Exactly. That's exactly who I was. Maybe that's of. one we should do. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, oh. yeah, your fire codes are written in blood. Jen, is this show called? This podcast has moral outra- outrage. This podcast is tragic. This podcast is real depressing. This podcast is a senseless waste of life. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, it is, but for different reasons. Right. Oh, guys, go smell some flowers later. The world (laughs) is not a garbage pit. You know. Look for the light. We're here, but for a short time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm going to fuck shit up while I'm here. This show is called This Podcast is Haunted, so let me tell you about some of the spooks. Please do. I feel like that will lighten the mood. I don't... Somehow? It's not. Will it? it? No. No. Oh, It's not gonna. Oh, no. I'm sorry. They didn't get more fun in death. Uh, Guys, when we put this episode up, I promise to post one of my dick pictures. Like like the dick drawings of like... Don't worry. Don't worry. It'll get more fun. Just stick it through. Just Just just, keep mm. holding on. Keep on keeping on. So most of okay. the people who died died between the floor uh, floor number 19 and floor number 24. Mm-hmm. And the guests who stay on those floors to this day, the structure is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It went through smoke cleaning and they removed the bodies. But other than that, it's the same hotel. It, of course, has been rebranded as Bally's. It's owned mm. by Harrah's. It is no longer the MGM. The new MGM Grand has moved down the street. So if you're staying at the MGM, not the same MGM. You're fine. You can leave the sage at home. And I mean, that's it's... probably also haunted, but it's a different haunting. They sold in 1985, rebranded as Bally's. Ever since the initial fire, guests have reported, especially when they're staying between floors 19 and 24, mm-hmm. uh, the sounds of weeping, wailing, no. Screaming and racking oh, coughs. Oh, that's oh oh, that's the worst. With no discernible source. Oh. On top of that, guests come across 1970s gamblers mm. who are still playing at the tables until a bright flash appears behind them and then they disappear. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah. So they are they are sticking out as they were just before or they're reliving their terrifying final moments oh my gosh do you think people were really gambling at that early i mean of course probably yes (laughs) jeff come now they have slot machines next to their urinals jeffrey come now yeah i know but like the glamorous kind of gamblers at 7 a.m it it, like i've seen they were 11 is there a glamorous kind of gambler like, don't they all just make you sad? Go look at a yeah. white tiger. Why are you here? <laughs> all right, anyway. well, that was fucking depressing. What have you got for us? Oh, well, I thought that since we're talking about Vegas. Vegas. We should, you know, just discuss, like, probably the most iconic person that... Uh, David Blaine. You- Yes. Today I'm here to tell you about the legendary haunting of still alive magician David Blaine. (laughs) Ladies and gents, your mind will be freaked. Um, Oh, whoa, that's Chris Angel. You have to... Shit! Shit! (laughs) No! I'm so sorry. Um, I apologize. Magicians terrify me and slash I love them. Do you you know that about me, that I fucking love magic? 
You would. I'm <laughs> delighted every like I know I'm being tricked and I'm fine with it. I think it's you know, I think I have the same kind of attitude towards magicians as well, okay, not exactly the same, but like it's it's kind of like when you're watching those ghost shows and you're just like, I wanna figure out how they did it if they're if they're faking this and I No, mean, I yes, magicians are, but I do not I, want to know how they do it. <laughs> I want oh, to be I do. amazed. I well, I mean, it's amazing, but you also, like, it's amazing to figure out, like, how they did it. Nope. Boo. I okay. want to be tricked every time. Okay. You just want to believe that. Isn't it more boring if you just believe that magic is real? Because then they're just like, oh, I just did no, it. No, you muggle. <laughs> Are you for real? Oh, it's just more magic. It's more boring to believe that magic is fucking real. Is that a real argument that you just made to my face? Jennifer. I guess I'm the Arthur Weasley of muggles, impressed at our own ingenuity. <laughs> I guess. Hey, everyone. It's Jen breaking in. Um, I just have a brief content warning for this next story that I'm going to tell. Um, there is a brief mention of marital rape. So if that is something that you would rather not listen to, it's going to happen around the one hour probably more closer to the one hour, one minute to two minute mark. So if you want to skip this whole story, go for it. If you want to just skip, it's about like 30 seconds to a minute. That's about when it will happen. I just don't really don't want you to be caught out of the blue. So uh, take care of yourself. Uh, we're going to jump back into some very awkward laughter that I promise you has nothing to do with this content warning. So have fun. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's... Yeah, so I want to be amazed. Jen is a cynical loser who doesn't see any magic in the world. That's the summary. What else were you talking about on our paranormal podcast, Jen? I'm going to be... So I'm here to tell you about Elvis. (laughs) Yay! I am delighted once again. Okay, so yes. I... Okay, Elvis, everyone has... Everyone knows a bit about Elvis. So hopefully I will share some new fun facts for you. If you know all these things, then you wrote the Wikipedia article, I guess. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. So I was, I mean, I honestly don't, didn't know why Elvis is synonymous with Vegas. I mean, beyond just like the flashy sequin costumes being like a good, you know, I don't know, like aesthetic companion to gambling. Sure. But yeah, there's some there's some fun facts, and I don't think this will surprise anyone to hear that he allegedly haunts several places in, in Vegas. So here we go. He was born in 1935 um, in Mississippi. I'm not going to get too much into his early life because I didn't, I didn't really care. <laughs> I mean, like, Elvis didn't really care. He was like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. He he moved to um, Memphis, uh, Tennessee at some point. Out out to Memphis, great city. Um, yep, great city. My sister lives there. Very cool. And I actually went to Sun Studio, which is now well, it's still. I think it's still a functional recording studio, but it was. Uh, it's also the place where he was basically discovered as a musician. He has nice. yeah. He like people didn't really know what to do with him at first because he had just has like such a distinct voice and well he was a white gospel singer too right there was yeah. no market for that yeah so yeah a lot of what we know about iconic like Elvis songs and sound and attitude he 
kind of co-opted from black artists so yeah kind of that's he outright yeah you know i don't know if he would have stolen them of his own accord but Mm -hmm. i think the people who knew that he was going to be a cash cow with those you know handsome good looks yeah uh, i think they impressed upon him the idea that this is what you should be doing Mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that they were outright stealing songs they would you know they would buy the music they would buy the the songs of black artists very cheaply mm-hmm. yeah and then turn them over to elvis and those guys would never see any of the royalties when their yep. song like heartbreak hotel would mm-hmm. get incredibly famous yeah so yeah you know. so there's a very problematic history to at least for sure early elvis i'm not sure how long he was doing that but like that was yeah they that whole kind of co-opting and whitewashing black artists played a huge part in making him famous in the early years so yeah. there's uh there's that <laughs> um your faves are problematic um, <laughs> for real mm-hmm. um he but he wasn't really that popular for a while because he, well he wasn't really like, hugely commercially popular for a while because he was weird because he's a white guy like doing black artists moves and sounds and songs and the people didn't really know how to deal with that Mm -hmm. he became really popular with you know rebellious teenagers which is kind of hilarious to think of 1950s elvis being like rebellious except for like because he was like still so kind of like clean cut and like by our standards (laughs) honestly he remains so i mean he was he if if that's your standard for rock and roll, mm-hmm. he makes Nickelback look wild. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a, a way to think of it is he had re- rebellious teens were fans of him in their teens. And then right. as they got old, as they both aged, it became more about nostalgia than yes. being current. So it's kind of like... <laughs> Oh, I was just about to make a Louis C.K. comparison where oh, he was no. just like, oh, the teens don't know how to rebel. It's, yeah, it's because it's there's different brands and rebellion means different things to different generations. And Absolutely. then they get old and they get boring. And The Beatles are so, mainstream now, but they would, at one point in oh, time, they were mm-hmm. being burned and, you know, their albums are being burned in the public square. Yeah. yeah. So just everyone relax. Uh, then younger generations culture will become the old like futzy generation to come so everything yeah don't say that i'm 31 and i'm still fighting the man yeah totally no you are at 9 30 yeah in certain ways you are Mm -hmm. thank Mm -hmm. you jen yeah anyway so yeah he would he actually did start uh performing in vegas in this the spring of 1956 was his debut there, and he performed nightly in the Venus Room of the New Frontier Hotel. Ooh. Yeah. I don't um, think that stands anymore. I doubt it. <laughs> it was, uh, that hotel was at one point one of the most lavish hotel, like, and the shows they had there were the most lavish productions that they had. Cool. But he was not a commercial hit at that time because... He was popular with teens, and teens are not the ones that have money to spend on shows in Vegas. So right. he it didn't really work out at that time. But don't worry, guys. It'll get better for Elvis. <laughs> 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 yeah, so eventually in the later 50s, he did get 
more popular and I mean I just I didn't really focus a lot on the details of his music career because like I don't you can you can go look it up if you care suffice to say he got famous in 1958 though he was drafted into the military Mm -hmm. as a lot of people know and have vague recollections of pictures of him in army fatigues it is uh, somewhat immortalized in bye bye birdie yes we love you conrad yep are you about to tell me you've never seen bye bye birdie yep (sighs) okay jen has homework everybody Bye bye. Yeah, I do. I do have homework. It's not that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So after training, he joined the Third Armored Division in Friedberg, Germany, on October first. And this, okay. I basically, I'm going to quote a couple sections directly from Wikipedia because they are wild. So. While on maneuvers, Presley was introduced to amphetamines by a sergeant, uh, he, and he became practically evangel- evangelical about their benefits. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, not only for their energy, but for the strength and weight loss as well. And many of his friends in the outfit joined him in indulging. So that's... Yeah, that's not great for your heart, Elvis. Not great. That's, maybe but that was see repercussions from that down the road. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this I feel like this was the era when they were kind of still new and you were taking them for pep and workers were taking them to stay awake in their factory jobs and... Uh, for pep. For pep. Because yeah. meth does do yeah, that. It brightens you right up. And then it has horrible side effects. <laughs> you very energetically pick the imaginary bugs out from under your skin. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So that's where that started. The next part. I don't is... think Elvis ever did meth, though, did he? he? He was like more like speed diet pills, that sort of thing. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, okay. I don't have an, a laundry list of all the... But yeah, he he definitely in his later life was more of a barbiturates... Uh, user can and I, and uppers when when we get to the can i can i tell you a really quick joke now yeah or, okay <laughs> okay a bear walks into a bar mm-hmm. and says hey give me a beer and the bartender okay. says we don't serve bears here and the bartender or the bear says hey give me a fucking beer or i'm gonna eat this lady at the end of the bar and the bartender says hey we don't serve bears here Mm-hmm. So the bear goes over and he mauls the lady and eats her. And now she's dead. And he looks up with his bloody face and he says to the bartender, give me a fucking beer. <laughs> and the bartender says, yo, we don't serve drug doers here. And the bear's like, drugs? What the hell are you talking about? I swear to God, I'm a bear Did and you will Did this bear become me. Irish? Did I sound Irish? I did not mean to. What the hell are you talking about? Hey, I'm about to get to sorry. the punchline. Settle down. Okay, go. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> so the bartender's like, no, we don't serve people who use drugs. And he's like, I don't use drugs. I'm a bear. And he's like, well, what about that barbiturate? Uh... <laughs> I don't care if the only one laughing is me. Uh... I love that joke. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Terrible. Uh, I, uh, by the way, I memorized that joke out of Playboy when I was like 10. No. Yeah. What? Playboy has great jokes. There's a reason I'm really fucked up, Jen. Oh, no. Okay, okay keep we'll, going, we'll keep get going. to that later in therapy. Um, so amphetamines were not the only discovery that Elvis made in the army. 
the army also introduced him to karate. (laughs) In the 1950s army? Yes. Yes, it did. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He studied it seriously. He trained with Jürgen Seidel, who sounds German. Yeah. Um, And it became a lifelong interest of his, uh, which he later included in several of his live performances. Sorry. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Hang on. Yep. Elvis. 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 Like, hey, hey, baby. Elvis. Of the blue suede shoes. That's very same. Does military karate and then yes. uses it in his music videos? Is that what I'm understanding? No, his live performances. So like That's even worse. On stage, he's just like, let me show you some things. He even at <laughs> sometimes like, I no, shit you not. There are videos of it on YouTube. I will post one. And it's the best thing I've ever seen. He there's like one part where he like brings like some man on stage who's also wearing a jumpsuit and in his like blue you know elvis jumpsuit with the scarf he's just like doing all these like karate chops and kicks and it's so good the 70s were fucking wild so good oh Oh my god okay well yeah that is the most amazing thing i think i've ever heard yeah yeah so i i promised you we would get to a happy place, and this is it. You're um, right. I'm full of delight now. Yes. <laughs> just whenever you're sad in the coming months, just pull up... Karate Elvis. Karate Elvis. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Man. So also while he was in Germany, he uh, met a 14-year-old Priscilla... Mm, her last name, Balu? Balu? She would eventually mm-hmm. become Priscilla Presley. Yeah, it doesn't matter what her maiden name was. It's not important. She yeah. doesn't even use it now. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't do the math on how old he was at the time. That's not safe math. Let's glaze over it. Yep. It's not gonna be in the ratio, that's for sure. Uh she was fourteen at the time, but luckily for everyone, he waited seven years to marry her. <laughs> Is that how long they dated? Don't answer that question. Yes. Cool. Why are so many of the musicians I respect pedophiles? Looking at you, David Bowie, love of my life. It's almost as if uh, our society really worships, sexualizes youth, sexualizes young females, and it's incredibly dangerous to the point where they're infants because they they need them to be virgins. Because cool. so it's cool, very cool, problematic. Cool, cool. And I'm just gonna go to stare off into the sun for. Meanwhile, Elvis occasionally does karate. Karate. Karate, Elvis. Okay, I'm back. Okay. So he uh, was honorably discharged from the Army in 1960, in case you care. So he came back to the U.S. He made some movies and made some more music, was very successful, and eventually started to kind of change his image um, from the, you know, like jailhouse rock thing to I'm not really all that familiar with Elvis's discography i don't really I can't, like yeah i mean i obviously recognize a lot of elvis songs but i can't tell you of like oh yes this famous single was released this year sure blah, okay blah, blah, blah. okay sure yeah whatever so yeah he he developed his his look with the jumpsuits in and the capes in the capes god the capes. i love a cape yeah, and I think this is uh, late 60s, early 70s. It's got to be. He's dead by 77. 
Yeah. He's dead so, spring of 77, I think. Yeah, very early 70s is where he starts to develop this style. Now, one of my, one of my other favorite things about Elvis is uh, December 21st, 1970, he showed up unannounced to the White House. He just moseyed on in? Just like showed up at the gate and was like, hey, uh, can I can I see can I the president? Can I with the president? Yeah. And oh my God, what do you remember who was president wanted? in 1970? That's uh, right. That's our boy. Nixon. Not our boy. Not our boy. <laughs> Ford was our boy. Ford was our boy. <laughs> Nixon was president. What in the hell could Elvis want with Richard Nixon? If I could pick a president that I think it would be funniest if Elvis met with, it would be Nixon. Like, this couldn't have been better. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's pre-Watergate Nixon, too, so it's, sure, like, fine. Be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nixon, when he, when he was just opening the gates to China, like, before yeah, he got real you know, interesting. Fun Nixon. Fun Nixon. <laughs> Don't things. don't investigate that too much. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, uh, yeah, so he shows up at the gates of the White House, and he's like, I want to meet with the president. And what he wanted to meet with him about was the he wanted to offer his help to the president in convincing hippies to stop using drugs. What a nerd. <laughs> I can't believe he was ever the sign of rebellion. Yeah. Also, he was introduced to amphetamines in the army. Yeah, you hypocritic nerd. <laughs> Fucking hypocrite. That's what. Oh, um, take your blue suede shoes out of here. Elvis is you a narc. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Don't tell him anything. He will narc on you. Yeah, he was very anti-hippie. He was, at that point, even anti-Beatles because the Beatles were entering their... Uh, their drug Sergeant phase. Pepper. Yeah. 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 I feel that, like so apparently at one point they were like buddies and like hung out and did drugs together. And then later he's like, nope, not me. I never did that. Also, the Beatles are evil. And Paul McCartney later was like, yeah, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Well, John Lennon did go a little crazy there. Oh, I like, just. Okay. Real quick. Even for me. Will quick plug for a different podcast. I started listening to Disgraceland. Um which doesn't have an episode about Elvis, even though that's the title and the podcast logo is Zombie Elvis. But they do have a two-part episode about the assassination of John Lennon. And um, yeah, very that interesting. That sounds amazing. Yeah, you should listen to it. Cool. I know I, you I, but For what it's <laughs> worth, I am Team Beatles forever. Yeah. I feel like after listening to that, I am Team... Well, okay, so he just, like, John Lennon was going through some shit, like, yep. in the years before his death. And then, like, tragically, he was, like, just starting to turn a corner, like, days before he was killed. So John Lennon was a violent abuser. He was a wife beater. Yeah. Uh, make no mistake yeah. about it. Everything he yeah. says about peace, he did not live out in his personal just life. Just more of a, a George and a Ringo fan, so. George Harrison is mm-hmm. the best Beatle. Mm-hmm. He's my Anyway, we're not talking about the Beatles today. We're talking about Elvis. He did I'll not cut a lot like, of this out. Yeah. Did not like the Beatles. So he um he, yeah, he offered to Nixon, he wanted him to he wanted Nixon to make he, him part of the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs and he wanted a badge. He wanted an official badge like a big drug bust boy. Um <laughs> infant. He's Oh, well, we don't know anyone like that. Mm. 
Mm. Yep. And I feel like he also showed... Okay, this is coming from my memory of talking about this with people at the Ford Museum. But I feel like he also came with, like, and wanted to present Nixon with, like, a ceremonial dueling pistol that was, like, plated in gold. But I could be making that up, but I swear (laughs) to God that's true. Like, the South will rise again? Like, that kind of dueling pistol? I mean, less that and more, like, Elvis dueling. Like, just imagine what Elvis would make or want in a gun. Just, like, objectively tacky. Yes. You know what, though? I mean, like, I'm hating on Elvis right now. I do. I mean, like, I I for sure know most of his music and, like, oh, he's an icon. I mean, I'm kind of ambivalent towards him overall. Not a huge fan, but, like, there are worse people in the world. For sure. Yeah. Anyway. So that happened. There's a picture of it. They're shaking hands in the in the Oval Office. They made a movie about it for some dumb reason. I haven't seen it. It looked horrible. So it's I'm what's just, it called? Nixon and Elvis? I don't honestly probably. It's <laughs> it's if you googled the you know movie about Elvis meeting Nixon, you'd find it. But I'm not going to do that. We already had Jen Google's corner. Um, <laughs> So, anyway, so that was 1970. 1972, Elvis and Priscilla split up. (laughs) This is funny and then also immediately very tragic. (laughs) They split up because Priscilla disclosed her relationship with Mike Stone, a karate instructor Presley had recommended to her. (laughs) Mr. Steal Your Girl. Just like karate just came back to kick him in the nads, I guess. (laughs) Like, just... (sighs) Oh, but yeah, apparently, according to Priscilla, after she told him, he like was very upset and um, basically raped her from what? So like it's well declared. This is how a real man makes love to his women. So your faves are problematic. Um, Your faves are super fucking problematic. Yeah. I just didn't want to like throw out that fun fact and laugh about it and then not mention the next part. I thought about leaving it out and I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to just be like, this isn't all shits and giggles. Yeah. So. Great. That happened. I'm very sorry if that traumatizes anyone. Okay. So he. Jen, wasn't this supposed to be the fun side? Uh, That was okay. That was just like one part, but like think about. Think about how silly he looks in his little outfits doing karate on stage. Touche. Yeah. So he continued to become more what you imagine Elvis to be with his outfits and his stage persona. Um, Fatter and greasier? Yeah. And his... So uh, there's a quote by Bobby Ann Mason. I don't know who that is. But uh, he said, at the end of the show, when he spreads out his American Eagle cape with the full stretched wings of the eagle studded on his back, he becomes a god figure. So, like, it's very... He's settling into his iconic figure. And, I mean, that's very smart stage managing your identity. So, But at the same time, while he's doing this, he's also taking more and more drugs, which you would think he'd be against, but he... uh, but Honey Boo Boo needs her go-go juice. Go-go juice, but also they're prescribed by a doctor, so it's not the same thing. True. They're, uh, okay, so he was, he was starting to kind of derail. There's one section that says, at a midnight show, at some point, I've lost the date, um, four men rushed onto the stage in an apparent attack 
Security men came to Presley's defense and he ejected one invader from the stage himself. Following the show, he became obsessed with the idea that the men had been sent by Mike Stone, the man (laughs) Priscilla had been seen, uh, to kill him. Though they were shown to have only been over-exuberant fans, he raged, there's too much pain in me, Stone must die. Wow. Yeah. So this guy's really well connected to... He is uh, really starting to... Come off the rails. See monsters everywhere. Yeah. Uh, His outburst continued with such intensity that a physician was unable to calm him despite administering large doses of medication... After another two full days of raging, Red West, his friend and bodyguard, felt compelled to get a price for a contract killing and was relieved when Presley decided, ah, hell, let's just leave it for now. Maybe it's a bit heavy. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Can you imagine maintaining a multiple, like, multiple day rage? Yeah. Uh, I no. don't have the energy. How <laughs> yeah, do Elvis a, have the energy? It takes a lot. Do he and I have eat roughly the same diet? Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So, I mean, this is also the same time where he is really hitting his peak in popularity. He is performing at the International Hotel, uh, which later becomes the Hilton in Vegas, and he performs there between 1969 and 1976 at a record 837 consecutive sold-out shows. Wow. Yeah. So this is, I mean, it makes sense because all of his fans who were teenagers at the in the late 50s are now, now older, and now they have money, and so now they're going and they're reliving their nostalgia. And, uh, yeah. It's us and the Spice Girls. I'm going to see the Backstreet yeah. Boys this summer in Chicago. Oh, my God. Yep. Be intensely jealous. And once I find out where the Spice Girls are going to be, I'm going to go see them, too. They're only going to be touring the UK, I think. No. It was supposed to be a world tour. I don't know. Maybe they still will. Well, I don't. Fuck it. Maybe I'll go yeah. to the UK. Yeah. I I owe Edinburgh a visit anyways. So Yes, you do. We, I mean, you know, we got yeah. we got some friends up there. Yeah. Anyway. So he and Priscilla finalized their divorce in 73, and by then his health was already starting to decline. Yep. Twice during that year, he overdosed on barbiturates. He spent three days in a coma in his hotel suite after the first incident. Holy shit. Yeah. He was hospitalized several times. They listed a bunch of drugs, but there's they're just like, they are a lot. But yeah, he, he said that he felt that by getting drugs from a doctor, he wasn't the common everyday junkie getting something off the streets. So it was, it, this is still very much a problem now where it's the sort of genteel white middle class drug yes. addiction of painkillers and downers and barbiturates. Like that's, that have that's led us exactly, to our, yeah. our opioid crisis. Yes. So that was uh, that was him. So he was still touring extensively and performing, you know, like all the time in Vegas. But he started to get a little more erratic. He was with an there was like he, as different women that he was with at different times. But like the he 
at the end of his life, he had just become engaged to a woman named Ginger Alden. So that's not super important, but just like Priscilla wasn't the only woman he was with um, in his life. Then a journal journalist, Tony Sherman. Yeah wrote that by early 1977, Presley had become a grotesque caricature of his sleek, energetic former self, hugely overweight, his mind dulled by the pharmacopoeia he daily ingested. He was barely able to pull himself through his abbreviated concerts. So just like getting, just becoming a real bummer at this time. No kidding. Yeah. So yeah, like a lot of his intense drug use was obviously wreaking a lot of havoc on his body. He had multiple ailments, including glaucoma, high blood pressure, liver damage, and an enlarged colon, each magnified or possibly caused by drug abuse. So that's, this all leads to uh, the evening of August 16th, 1977. He was at his home in Graceland in Memphis, and he was scheduled to fly out to begin another tour. That afternoon, however, Ginger Alden, who is his fiance at the time, discovered him in an unresponsive state on a bathroom floor. According to her eyewitness account, Elvis looked as if his entire body had completely frozen in a seated position while using the commode. <laughs> then had fallen forward in that fixed position directly in front of it. It's which so sad. I, it's so sad, but also so slightly comical. Yeah. I can't. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, mm, okay. It's very uh, Tywin Lannister, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, but just killed by his drugs and not his son. As I re- is, is Elvis also eating a uh, ham sandwich on the toilet? I, or am it I confusing him with Mama Cass? Don't. It didn't say anything about a sandwich. Okay. So, I don't know. So, um, all right. So, ding dong, the, the, the bitch is dead. Yeah. Yep. On the floor, still in a seated position, presumably drawer still down. Yeah. Attempts to revive him failed, and his death was officially pronounced at 3.30 p.m. uh, at the Baptist Memorial Hospital. Okay. So Presley's funeral was held at Graceland on Thursday, August 18th. Um, Outside, oh, this was wild. Um, Outside the gates, a car plowed into a group of fans, killing two women and critically injuring a third. What the fuck? Yeah. I've never heard that before. I had never either. That's... I insane. Was it like they were rubbernecking and they they just forgot to control their car? Or I don't. Yeah, I hope it wasn't intentional. Um, Holy shit! I mean, because yeah. like you hear that thing, and, and being like a post nine eleven person, you're like, oh, somebody was trying to terrorize an event. Oh, I mean, yeah, because that happened in free. <laughs> no, right. I'm, just I'm recently, using my context. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I think quite possibly they would have been. I mean, I imagine. There was quite a crowd outside of Graceland, so I think it's quite possible that someone could have just been distracted, and hopefully that's the case, Yeah, because that sounds less horrible. Yeah, Um, and we need things to be less horrible. Yeah. So also following it, there was an attempt to steal his body in late August, and um, but yeah. Apparently, he wasn't successful, and the remains of both Presley and his mother were reburied in Graceland's Meditation Garden on October 2nd. Hmm. Anyway, that happened. 
You know the legendary thing that everyone thinks, like, why is is he really dead? Right. He was uh, taken by aliens. He's, is what I yeah. Mean. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Do you know, do you know any other theories? Um, he faked his death for the CIA. Holy shit. Did he become a, a drug narc for the hippies? I don't know. Oh. Um, I've also heard that the mob killed him because he owed them a bunch of money. Which, Fascinating. Hashtag plausible. And then also he died because he and I have the same diet and workout regimen. Yeah. I mean, that's... My favorite burger is called the Elvis Presley. Ask me what's on it. What is on it? It's a burger. It's a big old half pound burger with uh-huh. two strips of... Super thick bacon, mm-hmm. a fried egg, and peanut butter. Oh, 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 God. What? It's really good. It's so good. Peanut butter? I didn't think I was going to like it either. I ate it on a dare, and now I think about it all the time. It's so good. I need a minute. I know. Tiff is dying somewhere. Oh, God. Oh, that's Tiff, bad. Yeah. I I should be ashamed, but it's really that good. Like. All right. I mean, I will take your word for it because I'm not going to try it. So, Well, the next well, time you come home, maybe I'll have you take a, take a bite. Um, it's from a brewery in Grand Rapids. Oh, okay. That, okay. We'll see. All right. So I think, th- I think part of the reason why there are so many different theories on why Elvis might not be dead or how he died is probably because nobody can really definitively say how he died. Right. He was alone. Yeah, he was alone. Um, He had a lot of different potential ailments and a lot of potential underlying issues. Um, Well, yeah, he did. I mean, he, yeah. Mm -hmm. He took all of those drugs and... (laughs) But like there was, there was like a number of different like medical examiners that released reports um, at different times after his death, and none of them could quite agree what had happened. Some said it was a heart condition. Some said it was drug related, but couldn't agree what drugs and what combination and to what extent. And they're not quite. Heart that's condition. why. Yeah, there. He probably had a heart attack while shitting himself. Like, mm-hmm. dude did not eat enough roughage. Yeah, so it's just nobody can quite agree. Um, there was there was one doctor who offered a cause of death before the autopsy was even complete, uh, claiming that the underlying ailment was a cardiac arrhythmia, uh, which is apparently <laughs> and a condition that can only be determined um, if you're still alive, because I think ah. it involves listening to your heartbeat. So. <laughs> So obviously, like he, could, I think that was just an educated guess. He also denied that drugs had been had anything to do with it, um, and this was before the toxicology report had been <laughs> announced. Sure. So because of partly because of that, um, a lot of people thought that there was a cover up happening, and then there was, of course, theories that it was a hoax that allowed him to avoid the spotlight and live uh, the rest of his life in peace and quiet. So. Nobody knows. Um, maybe he's still alive somewhere. I think it's just, I don't know. Maybe he just had such a loud personality that people just didn't want to think that he was gone. I don't know. Like, yeah. what? it's just weird to me that, like, out of all the celebrities we've had, like, he's the most persistent, like, conspiracy theory. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think so. 
I, I, I wonder about that. I think, um, like, I'll be very upset when Queen Elizabeth II finally passes. Don't say that. She's, she will never. Right. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, she's been the only fixture as mm-hmm. far as leaders go in my whole life. You know, somebody who I was aware of and, and um, she doesn't change out every eight years or four right. years if we're fucking lucky. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I, I can understand people wanting to hold on to what is familiar in terms of, like, people to look for in a changing yeah. world. Yeah, for sure. So, basically, like, the minute he died, or according to this article, a year. So, after after he died, Elvis impersonators started flocking to Vegas. I don't know why. Like, again, I'm not sure what compels people to impersonate him over other celebrities. And it's still going on today. It's still happening. I it's could absolutely. They, we've had Elvis impersonators for museum events. We've had Elvis impersonators at college. Mm-hmm. Like, they around, and this isn't even Vegas. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess he just, like, he was such a fixture there, and he just became so synonymous with Vegas that they just couldn't, they just could, and also probably because of the like conspiracy theories that he's still alive. That maybe that's yeah. also what drove the the desire to impersonate him and to could be. maintain that kind of presence in Vegas. I think I found out like, or I figured out why there are so many Vegas wedding chapels. Why with with, oh, Elvis, with Elvis? Like with Elvis. I like have that sentence like in my head that like no, there's so many Elvises in wedding chapels in Vegas, and it's because that's where he and Priscilla got married. Oh, they got married in an eight minute ceremony at the Aladdin in 1967. <laughs> Isn't that cute? It's almost romantic. <laughs> Yay! But also, <laughs> yeah. it's not. Oh. So, yeah, there's Elvis impersonators there. Uh, but there also is allegedly the ghost of Elvis in different places. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, naturally. Naturally. That's I mean, what we've obviously, been up to this whole time. He's, he's also allegedly haunting Graceland. But I didn't really find, like, too many. There's, like, actually, there's actually some interesting photos of, like, maybe him, in, like, peeking out a window in Graceland. Um, but uh-huh. there's also, like, some things that have been debunked. So I didn't really want to go too far into that. Sure. Um, so the the hotel that he performed at the most um, later in his life, which was the, the – it is now the Hilton. It used to be the International Hotel when okay. he was performing there. So, yeah, it is now the Hilton. They – in in – 77 or a year after he died they they unveiled a bronze statue of him that was outside on the street but now is located inside the lobby but that's not what he haunts he haunts um the suite that is named the elvis suite um on the 13th floor which is where he apparently used to stay when he was in town i'm surprised by that most hotels don't have a 13th floor yeah i also feel like I could see him being the superstitious type that even if it did, he'd be like, no, I'm not staying there. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Fascinating. So it's on the 13th floor. Um, so so a lot of people have reported seeing him, hearing them. Um, others have seen him in the wings of the Hilton showroom or just like chilling, like walking around the showroom, which I think, it, I think by showroom they mean like where he performed. Uh-huh. Most of the sightings are of him there are of the plump later version of Elvis in his jumpsuit. He's said to 
uh, hand out sweat-stained scarves and then vanish into the night. <laughs> yeah. Do not give me that. Not a fan of sweat? No. I don't Not like even Elvis even... sweat? No. God, no. Oh, mm. can you imagine how that would smell? Mm. Like drugs. Ah. Anyway. Uh well, if you don't like, if you're not a fan of that, you might prefer the other sighting of him, which is uh, just standing silently, brooding in the wings of the stage, and then vanishing. Yes, I could live with that. That would be yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Be like, whoa, Elvis, and then he'd be gone. Yeah. Um, there's also another hotel, the Heartland Mansion, which is one of Vegas's quote swankiest wedding and reception locations hot dog yeah uh he's rumored to have been a guest there from time to time while performing at the international hotel so i guess when the 13th floor suite wasn't available for him and then also a younger elvis is seen at the landmark drug where he filled his prescriptions Oh, yeah. There's a look behind the curtain. Yeah, but that's kind of interesting because it would have been an older Elvis who was frequenting that drugstore when he was alive. Is he getting the drugs that would have saved him or is he getting the barbiturates that he was prescribed? I mean, I think he would say yes because (laughs) he thought that prescription drugs were fine. So, yeah, he's just kind of lurking around different hotels and stuff. Um, He also, there's been reports of poltergeist-type activity at the RCA Recording Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, So if you want to head over there, that's uh, that's where he uh, cut some of his early recordings. So uh, some things that happen there are objects frequently move as if they have a mind of their own. Loud banging and footsteps are heard, which cannot be explained, and doors are opened by unseen hands and lights, which on and off by their by themselves. So, hmm. yeah, lots Pretty of different places. Hauntings. Yeah, so that's Elvis. Elvis. There's like so much. Oh, some of the stuff that I got about the hauntings come from a book, The Haunting of Las Vegas. So there's obviously a lot in that book that is not just Elvis centric. So yeah, we might uh, we might have to return to this subject because there's a lot of other things that have happened there that we didn't even uh, that we yeah. didn't even mention. So I think we should plan to return to it. Maybe uh, I do have a listener story ready to go. Oh, do you want to read it? Yeah, this is from Allie C from our Facebook group. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, hey. We know you. We're friends. So it says, "Hello, spooky bitches. Mm. I love listening to your podcast. It's a great mix of history, haunted, inappropriate. Keep up the fan fucking tastic work. Gracias. We shall try our best." Mm-hmm. I wrote in before with a more current occurrence or supernatural of the supernatural, but this one is from my childhood, and I will never forget. Mm. Growing up with grandparents in a big old fixer upper, it was a giant house with daylight. with a daylight basement in Illinois. Living in the house were my grandparents, my aunt, my mom's younger sister, my mother and I, uh, two college-age foreign exchange students. Nice. I was very little. That is a busy fucking house. Yeah, wow. A little history about the original owners of the house. The house had belonged to a couple that they had built the house together. The woman got cancer, and George, the husband, took care of his wife until the day she died in the house. Hmm. After his wife died, George continued to live in their big house alone. Oh, how very Ellie and Carl. Oh, it's oh, the first date minutes now up you're going to make again. me cry. Oh. 
So oh, okay. apparently he had no other family and he ended up living with dementia and the house slowly grew into more and more oh, disrepair. Oh, that's so sad. He moved away from his home to a facility. Once he passed away, the house was sold and my family got all this information from the realtor and their neighbors. As a kid, mm-hmm. I really didn't understand other than that a man named George had lived in the house and his wife had died and he was sad. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I find this story so fucking sad. Girl, same. All right, so mm. my mom and I lived in the basement. At night, we could hear someone pacing around the house, walking back and forth from one end of the house to the other. <sighs> I know I was a kid, but I distinctly remember running upstairs to see who was awake. No one mm. was ever awake. Oh, my God. No <laughs> one was ever pacing around the house. <laughs> we used to just joke, oh, it's just the ghost of George. As a kid, yeah. I was yeah, never afraid of the ghost of George. He was just part of the house. Mm-hmm. As an adult, I now look back and feel bad for that poor man's ghost. My mm. mom and I eventually moved out because my mom completed her master's program. Hey. Damn. Fucking boss bitch of a mom. Respect. She got a job in another city, and my grandparents eventually sold the house and moved to the West Coast. But to this day, I always wonder if the ghost of George is still pacing the house. That Aww. is... So sweet and so sad. Oh, I know. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, guys, we should let you go because my yeah. ass hurts and it's bedtime. Yeah. yeah. Follow us on this things, the socials. <laughs> we are now on Spotify. But We're now on Spotify. I feel so legit. Okay. So, oh, that feels so good. I don't know. Maybe because I personally use Spotify, not for podcasts, really, because it's still, I don't know, it seems a little clunky for podcasts to me, but I'm so happy that we are on Spotify. It feels like the big boys. Very, um, very cool. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're so, going to make it, guys. We're going to mm-hmm. make it after all. Yeah. But as always, we also have the uh, Facebook page, This Podcast mm-hmm. is Haunted, and the Facebook group, which is dope and you should yep. join us and sometimes i post to twitter and instagram though i feel like i'm getting worse at it i don't know yeah. uh, maybe because you're a student in school with you shit going on i have all the time in the world for this <laughs> everything's fine yeah we're haunted underscore pod on twitter and this podcast is haunted on instagram come find us come hang out good got we, we get some very nice shout outs on twitter which always warms my heart my yeah. cold dead heart so yeah, that's uh, fun. Say hi. Come hang out. Jen, take us home. Until next time. Stay spooky, motherfuckers. Boom. Love y'all. Bye.